Welcome to Season 2 of the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. Here's a wistful thought to kick off the finale. Um, we're not going to get an opportunity to hear that song on a regular basis. We need to figure out some alternative if this is the finale for season two. We could just pipe it into the office. Yeah. Like at all hours. Or, yeah, just like every 15 minutes yeah. and everyone must stand up and pledge allegiance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the company logo. That'd be amazing. We had unfurl the banner. Yeah. Like it has to like you know, unfurl from the ceiling. Yes. Never has to pivot. Yes. Then there's a loyalty test. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, welcome everyone to the finale of season two of the Film and Games podcast. This is Brandon Pitzer speaking. I have Dan Norton with me. Yes, you do. As well as... A third operative. Yeah. I'm Cat Shanahan. It's Cat Shanahan. It's, it's actually Cat Shanahan. It's we, the real Cat Shanahan. We dragged her out of the production area. So Josh is alone in there right now. So I feel a little bit bad for him. He's, he's clearly struggling. He's looking at the walls yeah. and the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. He's just like wand- trying to find meaning <laughs> in his life without Cat. We've completely messed up the dynamic. It's, it's going to fall apart. It's already ruined. Yeah. Well, right. you know, many of our readers have sent in uh, wanting to know if Cat Shanahan was real. Yeah. Whether or not Cat Shanahan was just like some like fight club second persona of myself. <laughs> Which it was for a very long time. Yeah. I've only actually worked here a week and I was only hired because my name was Cat Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. I've not been here the entire time. Yeah. yeah. It just, the, they became too embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for Norton to be referring to himself as Cat so often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so here we are. This is exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I feel like this is... Uh, it's the, the the new feng shui yeah. <laughs> of it, the podcast. It's true. The energy's focused. The chi is teeming, just like yeah. the inbox. So, so Kat, <laughs> Questions. First, I think the first thing I want to know is like, so, you know, why 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 so long? Why, why, why is uh, being on the podcast a tough thing? I don't, so I, I will say that I'm, I'm a very large hypocrite because I, I like to take pictures of people and I actively avoid having my photo taken. I don't really like to be documented in any way, shape, or form. Because within <laughs> 10 minutes of this podcast, I'm going to say something so ridiculous that you're both just going to shake your heads and wonder how I got hired. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, she just Brandon just... and I never say anything ridiculous. Exactly. So. Right. We're always on point. <laughs> so with, we are going to be shocked. With insightful commentary. Yeah. And no silences. <laughs> Nothing gets edited out of this podcast. I don't Not, people need no, that. never. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I like the idea of just not wanting to be documented as if yeah. you, you don't want to be proven at any point. Like no one can prove Cat Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> There's no proof of Cat. This adds more to the idea that, that, you know, she's my Brad Pitt to yeah. my Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's oh, no man. trace. She, I mean, she could just be the Ed Norton you Dan Norton. But I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah. She'd be the Brad Pitt. I'm the Brad Pitt. In terms of the Fight Club scenario, 
I'm just dreaming up a, a Fight Club sequel, I guess. Just the Dan Norton that, that I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll launch season three. So Ed Norton like wakes up in the middle of the night and then like goes and plays Hearthstone. Yeah. And then exactly. goes back to bed. Super innocuous. And he's like, "Where was I? What's happening? Why am I rank 15? <laughs> Why do I keep muttering to myself about purples? <laughs> um, speaking of purples, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to ask Cat first. Are you playing games? I do play games. All right, what are you playing? I do. Um, right now I'm playing 80 Days. Sweet. Not very quickly, but it's happening. You're playing it in real time. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. Uh, t- it yes. takes 80 days. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm playing in real time. I did Pokemon Go for right. a while. That was interesting. But I, I, I ch- And then your Pokemon went. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna let Cat recover yeah. from that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a minute. See, for we that. don't normally we don't normally get to hear the groans. We just right. see them through the glass. So yeah, yeah at this point, nice. like I'd be sitting next to Josh. I would like bow my head and start tearing up and just look at Josh. And yeah. Just you know. I yeah. live for that. Have our moment. <laughs> that's like that's, that's like my life highlight. The entire part yeah, of the podcast. Every week I'm like, yes, I got Cat again. Yeah. Well, and, and the interesting thing now is that not only am I on the opposite side of the glass with, without Josh, I can actually see Brandon, mm-hmm. which is this like the third podcast that I've right. ever actually been able to see yeah. <laughs> across the wall. Is it, is it good? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just weird. All right, it's just, fair enough. It's just weird. Yeah. That's all. That's, it's frankly disturbing. That's, uh, I, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well. Um, so Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. So I, would, um, I wouldn't really cheat because I would play like while I was in the car while somebody else was driving. Mm-hmm. And okay. that was kind of the extent of my Pokemoning, okay. which sure. is slightly embarrassing. But moving at light speed. Yeah, and that's it's really not an effective way to play the game. Yeah, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's hilarious to watch your character like run down the road <laughs> yeah. like for the like forty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just tearing it up. Um, but yeah, it was not it was not effective. So right. I'm I'm gonna stick to eighty days and finish that one out. Yeah. All right. Well, you're not alone, cat. I just read an article about Pokemon Go's user bases. I read that too. Just evaporating. Yeah, they hemorrhaged like twelve million users. Yeah, in the space of like a week. Yep. That hurts. Does hurt. Yeah. Was that after the update? It was after a series of updates. I think you know. Th- I think it's a constellation of reasons yeah. to blame for that. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the yeah the updates. The uh, as I've said before, the rather la- the lack of transparency on the part of the developer. But it's also just kind of a shallow game. Yep. There's not a whole lot there. It's just walking around, tossing pokeballs. Yeah. There's not like. There's not a huge depth to that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, people are just kind of cooling off on it, which that's all right. Yeah. Things come and go. Things come and go. Life is temporal. Yeah. Um, Norton, what, <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> if you can, like, emerge from the existential Sorry, yeah, just, funk, I just... <laughs> Pokemon Go. The short story of Pokemon Go is that everyone dies alone. <laughs> <laughs> you can't That's take your our Snorlax review. with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what am I playing? Let's see. So interesting game I'm playing, uh, Reigns, like Reigns of Kings, like as in Kings. I'm playing that too. Yeah. And it's uh, um, it's funny because on one hand it's a it's sort of like Tinder for life decisions Kingdom as a king. Tinder is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, there's no dating, cat. There's yeah. just uh, different advisors come up to you, and they're like, we need to burn down all the peasants, or or you're going to lose a bunch of money. And you're like, okay, do it. 
Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you wanna, do you want to drink this poison? No, I don't. Right. You know, and, yeah. uh, it's all binary decisions, which yeah. is true of governance. Everything is just like yes or no, yeah. basically. So, yeah, so you have these four resources. You've got the power of the church, people, army, and money. Mm-hmm. And it was like, an interesting detail is you lose if any of those bottom out, but you also lose if any of them max out. Yep. So, like, if you have too much money, you wind up throwing at a extravagant party for yourself and like choke to death on cake. And I've, like, al- I've also yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and I think what's interesting is like yeah. So it sounds like a sort of like a, a narrative, sort of simple game, but there's definitely a whole layer of like sub mechanics and details and nuance that are very very complicated mm-hmm. and. It took me a long time to realize that I was actually very bad at the game. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, there's a whole set of things I'm supposed to be good at right. that I'm completely invisible to me. It's a hard game. Yeah, it's very hard. It's actually challenging. I I have um, I have died of old age one time. Mm. That, that happens when you hit 70 years. In I don't reign. think I've ever Is done that. Is that the point, that you die of old age? Like, what's Because well, if you max stuff out, you lose, right? Yeah, technically, like, surviving to old age is like the one way you can like win an individual playthrough because it's like you've kept all those meters balanced sufficiently so that none of them bottomed out or topped off Mm -hmm. so that none of those areas became too weak or too powerful it's it is basically a it's a balancing act more so than it is trying to like grow or shrink anything it's just keeping things right in the middle is where you want to be um the only way that i was able to do that was like this uh this witch had put a curse on me and i had survived long enough to get out of the curse Mm. it's like a 15 year curse and then for that she gave me this boon of clarity which meant that on each meter i could see the numerical impact of every decision that i made Oh, very nice so you know it would be like okay if you're gonna like you know, not build this church. Uh-huh. Like it's gonna decrease your civil your like population score by five and your church score by like ten, but then your army score will go up fifteen or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that so that way you can know exactly like when you're about to like push it too yeah. high or too low. Yeah. Um that was the only way I ever got to seventy though. And I I've come to like fifty without that like ability, but it's so hard. It's a really hard game. Yeah, I think so. The other thing too, Cat, is like, yeah, you die, and then it like says like your reign's ended, and then a new king comes in, and you sort of sort of even some of the things that you built or like established in your previous life roll over for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you built like a fortress that like helps with military, you still have it. Okay. Um, but so you can uh, just keep playing. Yeah, you play, 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 and then there are like really subtle long-term goals, like. Uh, this may be slightly, this is not really a spoiler, but so there's a dog that is probably the devil and working on defeating the devil is one of your things that are, that's out there. Like you're talking about and you're trying to figure out ways you can outwit the devil. Uh, I don't know how to do it yet, um, but it's in there. Um, so there's all these like weird longer form problems. Like there's like a, there's a spy in my staff. I have no idea who they are. And I'm, I know I'm supposed to unmask it. It's like given to me as a goal, but mm-hmm. I have no idea how to do it. So I, uh, did, I did that. Well, nicely done. I'm sir. not going to tell you though. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I it's won't. like, I'm sure I'm just like a couple of tedious FAQs away from finding how to do all those things. Don't bother with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not going to do yeah. it. I'm just going to yeah. keep on 
messing around with it. But yeah, it's, I mean, it functionally is like Tinder. You just swipe to the left or the right based on what you want to happen. So that's, yep. that's kind of like the hook of the game mm-hmm. is it's like this familiar interface putting you through a series of interesting choices. Have you ever died instantly? Like Yes. Okay. I've had zero day reigns yeah. where they just like, you were born and then you died. Yeah, you're like... I, yeah, yeah. King King Edward the Short Lived or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So what what do you? How does that happen? How do you bring that upon yourself to be born and die in the same day? I I, I forget what I did. It, I made a bad choice. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I, I think what I did is that. Uh, so sometimes as the king, you you someone un- uncovers a dungeon on your grounds. Like, hey, there's this dungeon we found, and you oh. can go into it, and you can. That was actually it. Uh, yeah. And in there, you can find cool things mm-hmm. that are useful. Um, but also, occasionally, you run into a skeleton who wants to sword fight you. Mm-hmm. And they made a nice little sword fighting game. And that, yeah, but you can get killed by a skeleton. That's right. what I did. I got killed by a skeleton. I think I stepped on the trap in the floor of spikes that kills yeah. you. So one really funny thing I think about the game, and then we should probably move on, is uh, the the fact that you can get this curse put on you. This happens if you reach old age, mind you. Um, but there's also a way where you might get this curse put on you right when you start the game that basically gives you the effect of old age. It's like basically you just get hit with senility. So every every prompt that is given to you is utter nonsense. Oh, man. Like you can't read the text. It's yeah. just like you get a, a message from your, your general and like you can kind of vaguely understand what he's trying to say to you, but it's... Like you know, like literally broken English, like not even real words, just in a series shaped like a sentence. So you're you're like, I don't know what to do about that because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's pure chance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I think that's kind of a funny element of the game is like when you reach old age, you actually lose the ability to understand the choices that's you're awesome. making. <laughs> so what? How? How old are you when you're born? Um, you start your reign somewhere in your twenties, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You're not like. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm born, I was baby. born and I died on the same yeah. day, and I walked yeah. into a dungeon yeah. in order for that to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah, I crawled into a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. I rolled. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're all we're playing reigns. Yeah. That's the answer to that question. Oh, I did. I do want to say, like, on the less exciting, I've like it's been Blizzard mania for me still too. There's the the World yeah. of Warcraft invasion is going on right now before yeah. the expansion. Yeah, that's super fun. I pre-purchased. Yeah, I did it. Yep, I think I was, I was invading last night, or well, thwarting invasion. Yeah, really. I think I'm going to actually main as my demon hunter. He's going to main the demon hunter. Yep. Everybody, her you heard it. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> Illa Danielle. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And uh, yeah. and she's really cool. If you're a WoW player, you're probably rolling on the floor. Yeah. Because like, of how funny that yeah, is. Yeah, you're like, that's relevant to my interests. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> also, I've played more Hearthstone lately. Been hitting that a little harder. All and, right. And Overwatch. Like, yeah, that Battle.net player. Were you playing Hearthstone last night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, it said you were in the arena, and I was like, well, I know that's not the World of Warcraft arena. Nope. I know nope. You, yeah. you would never touch such a, uh, such a venue. I may consider it again next year. Yeah. Because I don't know if I've got it in me to raid anymore. Whoa. I don't know if Whoa. I can commit two clockwork nights a week to raiding like I used to be able to. So oh, something like PvP might be more flexible. I don't know. This is this is Dan Norton's World of Warcraft confessional. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to kill all people the... all the time in World of Warcraft. That's pretty standard. So. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good play. That's a yeah. good way to do it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a healthier outlet than other options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's recap season two a little bit. Let's talk about. What our favorite moments were, what what did we have on the show that happened 
that was great. Hmm. I don't think I cried yet this season. That was good. Yeah. Well, you didn't cry from joy at all either. Like no, no <laughs> euphoric tears. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I did. The la- like the the one that comes to mind is really season one when you guys were talking about um, basketball and sick nasty dunks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to top yeah. sick nasty dunks. <laughs> that is true. You can't hold us to that yeah. bar. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. So Kat's just been pretty neutral on season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I was going to say, that's a ding for me. That's, that's Season the, yeah. two washed over me just innocuously. Yeah, I think, let's see. Fact Fabrication has been good, but yeah. I'm feeling good about retiring it. I, I feel like yep. we've reached the, we have played out every opening play there is, right? Like all the moves have been demonstrated. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done all the fabrication. Yeah formally yeah. that we need to do. Yeah. That so. isn't to say we won't be filling the airwaves <laughs> with lies anymore. <laughs> it, yeah, we will no longer have a formally announced lies. <laughs> if we're going to give you lies, it'll be an organic and it'll feel good. Yeah. yeah. And you won't know about Free it. You won't know about it. Cruelty-free lies. Because that's the best lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. The best lie is the one that you believe. Wow. Can we, that, that's a Dan Norton quote for the social media. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That one's going to go out in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very dark today. It's a very dark. Yeah, everyone dies alone. The best lie is the one you believe. Yeah. Um, season two finale. <laughs> season two finale. Yeah. I will say. Season... Brought to you by Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. I think a highlight of season two. I think we had some really awesome special guests. This, I agree with this that. Season, yeah. Um, we had Kurt Squire, the Kurt Squire. We had Kurt, yeah. Yes. Yes, that was exciting. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of um, women in games, which was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of ladies. That was nice to see. There was Krista Lee. Yep, Krista Lee. Mm-hmm. There was Carol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was Cat Shanahan. There's Cat Shanahan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, so that's the whole reason well. I'm here, just to even out the ratio. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then we had Miranda as well, mm-hmm. an educator. That was a joy. Yep. We should probably try to do more of those next time. I think so. That more was great. Teachers. She yeah. was really lovely. She yes. had a lot of really good insights about how her students have related to using games in the classroom. And um, her standards alignment was really interesting, too. Yeah. How she writes her own curriculum to go with the games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that was that was the podcast where I learned the most. I yeah. Think. I was like... That was a lot of new stuff for me, yeah, which was cool. Actually, that was really good. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, yeah. And you know, I, <laughs> I've had like subsequent conversations with her, and um, man, she can really tell you what it's like to be a teacher. It's yeah. like it's fascinating. The, I mean, her, her, her tales from the trenches mm-hmm, <laughs> are, mm-hmm. yeah, they they make for a great cocktail conversation. Mm-hmm. I can I can vouch for that. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe the finest. I think retro. This, this is the season where retro review happened, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. I think maybe Oregon Trail. Might have been the 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 highlight of the season. For the me. finest thing we've ever done. That was really fun. Yeah. yeah, it was good. I think the I think the finest thing we ever did was our design challenge. Yes. That was hilarious. That was true. Yeah. I take it back. I actually I think I did cry during Oregon Trail when you were singing. <laughs> the, like the the chimney rock song that was the it. the chimney rock, rock song, song. Yeah. I think I kind of lost it during the chimney rock song yeah. Yeah, we'll, and just to clarify these are like laughing so hard I cry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll we'll be releasing the film and games podcast OST at the end of the year that'd be amazing <laughs> it's just gonna be Dan Norton humming a lock to Oregon Trail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just an hour of that yeah just some freestyle association lyrics <laughs> it's the way it should be so get ready yeah 
Oh man, um, that was a lot of fun though. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so Norton, I have to ask. Um, speaking of fun, mm-hmm. one thing I've been having a lot of fun with is No Man's Sky. Yes. Lately, how about you? Have you been? Have you gotten back into it? I know you kind of like booted I, up. I'm still so I'm around. still actually in my. I've got a fancy computer coming. Yes. And I'm still waiting. I am still waiting for that to show up before I fire up No Man's Sky again. Okay. Because I, and the more I've read about people's experiences, the more I feel like this is definitely the case. It's like, I'm going to really dig No Man's Sky from like the aesthetic experience. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a beautiful, lonely experience cruising through these different colorful worlds and, and seeing creatures that have not been seen. But, uh, if you try and be like, I need, I need to get really better at this game, or if you approach it from a lot of traditional gaming perspectives, it sounds like you'll be disappointed. I think that's true. I think, I mean, that's what's exciting to me about it, though, is that it does kind of defy a lot of traditional gaming conventions mm-hmm. um, that I am fairly bored by. You know, I, I've, I've kind of talked before about how I. I'm not a fan of the fact that like most games have like some kind of violent act as their core mechanic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, of course, there's there's still shooting to be done in No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. but it's entirely optional. You really don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say that now with uh, many hours under my belt, having played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's you know that's one thing that's cool about it is it subverts those those norms. Um, another thing that's cool about it though is just that it's. It's sort of a working, to me, it's it's a benchmark of of that kind of game, of space exploration games that shows that it can be done this way. And mm-hmm. I think that within, you know, the next five to ten years, we will see some iteration on that that takes it even further than it currently is. So, like, core to that are a couple things. One is that it is vast. It is truly, truly yeah. vast. Stunningly, like when you're scrolling through the diff- like the star map, and you realize that you can go to ev- any one of these like eighteen whatever whatever the number is quintillion stars, mm-hmm. um, it's absurd. I mean, the game is so big mm-hmm. that you actually it's like almost comforting to know that you're never going to come back to anywhere that you are. Yeah, like you, ever. <laughs> yeah, even my short stint, I miss one of my previous planets. It yeah. was a really good planet. Yeah, and I'm like. Do I go back? No, I can't go back. With with eighteen quintillion systems, why even bother? You yeah. Um, but I do like what I really enjoy about it is something that I think they've nailed that I've never seen nailed before, which is the space to planet transition, seamless, mm. seamless. Yes, and that's very cool. Yes. There's no interstitial loading screen. There's no there's no break in the immersion. You yep. see a planet, you fly towards it, you get like the atmosphere burn on your cockpit, and then you're through the atmosphere and you're like flying low over the planet. Yes. And it's completely seamless. And then you can take right back off again and be back out in space. Yeah, they made a lot of smart decisions figuring out speed and scale. Yeah. Because you're like, well, if I want to leave a planet, it should feel like I've gone a, fall, a long way. Right. And I also don't want to have it be an hour exactly of space trucking. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's that's the thing is like when you, when you target some locational objective it gives you an estimate for how long it will take you to get there Mm -hmm. and if you're not using like your you know warp engine or whatever Mm -hmm. or i think it's a pulse engine it's called um you're literally like it can actually take you several weeks 
to get mm-hmm. from one planet to another just within the same star system. It's like two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you just put your game on, just walked away, yeah, you'd be there in two weeks, yeah. <laughs> like two actual weeks. Um, and that's, yeah, so that's that's the scale that they actually really nailed. Um, so, you know, I want to talk a little bit, though, about how, you know, because we're a learning game studio, mm-hmm. we got to talk about education and learning. Um, you know, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, Norton, in terms of how this game could operate as like a biome simulator or as an exploration simulator, something like, what do you think, based on your knowledge of it, would be like cool scaffolding to make this kind of a, a learning experience? Sure. Well, I think I think a learning objective that I, you've even seen communities supply as like a side-on thing is uh, taxonomic identification. Yep. I think the games, I there is a, you can tag and identify creatures mm-hmm. in the game now, but if they actually had you uh, applying some type of interplanetary taxonomic system mm-hmm. to actually sort them and try and identify them correctly. Uh, that'd be cool. Yes. I mean, I really like to do it and, uh, talking about the traits of creatures, the things they have in, uh, commonalities, adaptation, adaptations and traits mm-hmm. are all things that people, you know, should know about and, and think about in science and, uh, you know, you could, I don't know. I mean, the game could, you know, if it wanted to work with it as a fiction, it could be like you need to try and sort out core evolutionary strains uh, and figure out maybe even some like genetic testing if creatures from different planets had previous ancestors and if so, how'd they get there? Absolutely. I don't know. There could be a whole big, cool genetic mystery about uh, evolution, life, and adaptation that could just fit, oh, sure. fit right into the whole game. Yeah. I mean, you could even take it to the level to see like, where this like the diaspora of that life form yeah. and like wh- where it hails from originally and you could try to trace it all the way back to the origin right like yeah the center could actually have some more like core origin of life meaning right. that you were trying to unravel right i think i think there's also potential for um kind of a tragedy of the common style game if you wanted to just take like a discrete like say you take one discrete star system and kind of colonize it you know, mm-hmm. and the, like each planet has like a different set of resources on it, all of which are like kind of critical to the success of the, mm. you know, the space stations in that area and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, I think that, you know, the resource gathering element of the game is, um, you know, it's, it's reflective of the fact that, you know, real space exploration, especially deep space exploration, is going to have to be self-sufficient. Um, sure. To that extent, like there's going to there's going to need to be an ability to harvest and use materials that you know are all the way down to the chemical level, like what you might see. Yeah. Like that that it's commonality across all forms of life, and it's I mean they they do they do that to an extent already. Like everything is um, either an isotope or a silicate, you know, or or what have you. So they've they've got it like already kind of boiled down to these archetypal categories of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's another interesting angle that you could look at is um, either looking at like within one star system, how do we balance resource management, or how do we how do we perpetuate a deep space mission? Yeah, you know, um, because That'd be super cool. The farther you get away from Earth, the farther the farther you are away from a resupply. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's so, very true. Yeah, so that that's one part of the game that 
is actually super interesting to me is your need to constantly be harvesting resources and like pushing yourself further away from your point of origin. Always be harvesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think too that adding, um, kind of like you were saying with the community aspect of it and having to, especially in a classroom situation, work with other people who are also trying, like they have their own objectives and motivations to identify things and mm. catalog things and grow things um, is really reflective of, you know, being a scientist and having yeah. to work with other people and look at other research. And I think that kind of bringing that community portion of it to this idea that like, if you are on a space mission, you have a limited amount of resources. Mm -hmm. But tying in, like, what did the class do last semester or what was here before? Right. What do you have to pick up on? What other research can you draw in? I think is kind of an interesting dynamic because um, one of the things that I've heard about No Man's Sky is that, you know, you have this 18, what is it, quintillion mm -hmm. planets mm -hmm. that you can go explore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A fictional number. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> the developers, like, planned that people, like, 99.9% .9 of this is going to go, like, undiscovered and mm -hmm. untouched. And so the whole point of this is this, this idea of isolation. And so I think that taking a little bit of that away and putting it in a classroom setting would be interesting because mm -hmm. then you do have to deal with all these things that other people did that are going to affect how you transition through the play. Right. I totally agree. I think I think a thing that you don't see a lot in science in classrooms is the idea that, you know, science, yes, science is a practice, but science is also a community. Uh, right there are the, the people are bound together by different research interests working on common or opposing goals. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always thought the idea of like making the classroom, trying to model an actual scientific community would be really cool. Like if you had, if you had kids working together and trying to like publish their findings, like this is what we think about these creatures on this planet, or here's our plan to harvest resources sustainably on this planet. Mm -hmm. And then like another group of kids are like, that's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Your sample size was insultingly small, right? You know, <laughs> That would be that would be super darn cool. quantitative yeah. kids. Yeah, quants. <laughs> Let's turn yeah turn the classroom into a bunch of quants. I think that'd be super fun. Yes, yeah. it would. Oh man. You know, Kat, you bring up a good point too. It's like when you have a game this big and open. You know, we've we've talked to teachers in the past who have done like all sorts of classroom activities tied to things like World of Warcraft or mm -hmm. Minecraft, like these big giant open games. It's yep. like a game like No Man's Sky is a game that uh, a teacher could, even without modifications, could har you know harness it and make it tie to just about, I mean, just a, a really, really large amount of different science ideas and science yeah. things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, I think of the, the alien factions too. As yeah. like, it, it's interesting to me um, on the level of like empathy learning because each of the aliens, there's like three primary factions and they all hail from like a very different culture. Mm -hmm. And there's this one culture that's extremely warlike. Mm -hmm. And so you'll encounter like an individual from that, from that alien race and they will prompt you to do something. And because of like their cultural milieu, what they're asking you to do, like it's not intuitive how you should respond. Mm -hmm. So you'll run it, you'll encounter one of these warlike guys and um, you'll you won't understand what they're saying because like you have to learn every language mm -hmm. piece by piece. Um, but th it'll be like um, the the text the the quest prompt is like, well, this this guy seems to be asking you to hit him in the face. Yeah. And um, the answer is to hit him in the face. Yeah. Like it's actually what you're supposed to do. And then he hits you back, and then he laughs, and then he gives you a gift. 
And he's nice. like, well done. You see, I always select, <laughs> I always selected passionate kiss. That was my choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he would react to that, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, it's just to that in that little micro moment, it's teaching you to be like culturally sensitive to these aliens. Be like, where does he hail from? Yeah. Would punching be a good thing in his, yeah, yeah. in his, I respect society. your need for violence. Yeah, exactly. Like it, this and is I will a, meet it. It's a handshake for him. Yeah. Just a couple of just a couple of punches in the knock. <laughs> Which I yeah, I found that amusing. And um let's not try that at filament. Well, maybe just for the podcast. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll be ending today's podcast yeah. with. Just a slug fest. <laughs> Cat Shanahan will punch everybody. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, you know, I think so looking at it from an even broader perspective, because you brought up like Warcraft or yes, Warcraft, Minecraft, the crafts, the crafts, the, the craft yeah, realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that sandbox games are a very interesting environment mm-hmm. to to impose on a classroom, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But but that sort of defies our logic in a lot of ways. Like what, when we speak to teachers, they want something a little bit more targeted. Yes. Um, something that's very specific to the content that they're working with. Yes. But at the same time, there's teachers that also really enjoy it when you just give them a platform that they can wholly customize yes. for their own purposes. Um, so I think that what that's speaking to is just kind of like the spectrum, you know, of, yep. of the ways that games are used in classrooms. I think that there are, and I think both fit, you know, it's just different applications. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll have those discrete games that are extremely targeted. I think. Um, uh, the gentleman in that in that article that uh, from Games and Learning um, had referred to them as gamelets or something along those lines, something mm. that's like a micro experience mm-hmm. that teaches a very like a singular thing. Um, but then there's also it's not like an omelet. It, yes. Yeah. Okay. Not at all like that. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can make you an omelet after this, Dan, if you're hungry. All right, that's recorded, right? We got that on. Yeah, okay, we got that. That's taped. I'm not saying it's gonna be good though. I mean, <laughs> I, I tend to blacken them <laughs> just yeah. a, a seared omelet oh wow yeah. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah anyhow <laughs> just, um, i imagine you like holding a big lighter <laughs> under like some like yeah eggs on a spoon it's like one of those caramel torches actually oh I just, there you go <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah um so yeah i think that um i think i think no man's sky fits snugly on the the sandbox side of the spectrum yeah. but i think it could be used i think it absolutely could be used mm-hmm. um if the teacher wants to do that legwork of drumming up their own lesson plan and how that might how that might be applied. Yeah. So I like that you said that, you know, there's different uses for games in the classroom because sometimes with sandbox games and things like that, there are certain kids that if you put them in that situation and you're like, you can do anything you want. Right. The kid's gonna be like, but 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 what? But what yeah. will what, I do? What, right. What, yeah. sh- what should I do? I'll so stand here. Right. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, like especially with creativity, it's good to impose some sort of limits because it mm-hmm. actually helps them be more creative in the areas that they can be mm-hmm. without thinking right. about you know X, Y, and Z. They only have to think about X and Y and move forward in that area. So yeah. I think that that's one of the benefits of using a variety of different games for teaching is that you can focus on specific things and you can give students a place where they can really run, but then you don't completely overwhelm them and they're just standing there going, yeah. But what do you want me to do? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, the paralysis of choice is very real. That's mm-hmm. it's yes. a it's especially like the the more we the more our society just advances into like this information saturation where you can just kind of pull any option at any time, you know, just using your phone of of yeah. of info of like what do I eat tonight? Like mm-hmm. the, that's 
that's a that's a problem. <laughs> it's very real. Yep. So I think yeah, having the teacher there to be that that guide and sort of curating content or at least structuring it, I think that's that's key for something like okay. No Man's Sky. Yeah, I think you did a nice. I think what's really nice about how you describe that cat is that they are, it really is individual students. Mm-hmm. Some students. Yeah, everyone everyone has a certain spot where they feel like I now have the agency and the clarity. Both those things are just right aligned that I'm gonna rock out. Right. And then some and you know, if there's too much clarity, they feel confined and like that they can't do it right. But if there's not enough clarity, then they don't think that there's really a clear path to success. Mm-hmm. I think I think actually if you look at a lot of the game reviews of No Man's Sky, these are people playing well, you know, like as you know, we always say, you know, a game experience is a learning experience, and mm-hmm. I think many players are struggling with No Man's Sky's wide open space of what it would mean to su- succeed. Like, there's some very right. thin narrative tools to suggest what winning might mean, and and their players have expressed a lot of distaste for not having those be rich, super rigid things, right. and. Then there's some other players being like, I saw a creature that looked like a pineapple today. <laughs> I'm good. That's all I wanted. Found a pineapple this that walks game, around. Yeah, the game delivers. Yeah, to so. To that extent. You know, it's just different. You know, I, I think, it, and it, it's not just games. I think everyone, everyone struggles with finding the right blend of clarity and agency and, and being successful at whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that's like that's the that's the human experience, and games are just like little teeny models of that over and over and over. Man, that's nice. That was I poetic. think we're set with oh, life advice from Dan. Yeah, that was for the really next good. Man, oh okay, all right. Well, yeah. I know what I'm doing when I go home. Just thinking about Dan Norton and searing an omelet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're a little short on time. What? Sadly, I know. I know. Time. We shouldn't have talked so much about rains. I mean, it's good. <laughs> Damn. Well, you know, I feel it's like all we right. didn't really get to like, we didn't really like properly talk about Cat Shanahan and her contributions to the podcast. And it's because I wrote the outline. Oh. Yeah, and I didn't she, put it in there. She actually <laughs> has yeah left herself out of the script. Well, that is so. one of the things that she does. She's a mastermind. Yeah, she's yeah. a mastermind. She she does the marketing coordinations. Mm-hmm. She does the customer services. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. yeah, man. Where would we be without Kat? Yeah. I'd be very busy. (laughs) 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 I'd be absorbing those things. It would be terrible. And I also think it is number one. I think it's my number one favorite name to say. Kat Kat Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. It's It's got nice. action packed. It's got assonance. Yeah. Wait, what's that mean? Repeated vowel sounds. I didn't know that. Now you do. All right. Yeah. Assonance. Yeah, is full of assonance. Maybe our segment <laughs> next for next season, uh, the podcast will be words that sound like they might be offensive but aren't. <laughs> I was actually just going to suggest something very similar. Yeah, <laughs> possibly body terminology <laughs> with Brandon Pitzer. Oh man, yes. All right. Well, well. Once again, we have to we have to find out how deep that well is. Yeah. Before we we we've, plummet. We've never it's we've deep. never figured out how deep the well is yeah, before we plummeted in. Yeah, that's never. true. Never. Yeah. That's yeah. not our style. Which is why we end up okay. just knee deep in contronyms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, but we do have to wrap it up. So, what is 
What what do we got? What do we got left though? There's like one, just one final segment that. Wow, there it is. So good, Josh. So, Brandon, I don't actually recall what's. Is this a tiebreaker? Like, if I lose this one, are we even, Steven, for the season, or is this a victory lap for me? I, well, that's presumptuous. Well, I mean, uh, like, I even if I fail, am I like, oh, well, you know, I just, I just didn't. Yeah, I yeah. just, lo- I just won by a smaller margin. That's yeah, all. right. That's what I'm trying um, to. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're untouchable in your lead right now. I think you're like two ahead. So. Okay. Yeah. It's already over. A. I think. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a third option. What's the yeah. third option? Um. It, you guys could just go head to head today and think of everything before this as preparation. Oh, okay. Oh, this is like this is for all the marbles. A all duel. the marbles. All right. All right. Okay. Then Here I don't go. choose A yet. All I right. Wanna, I want to hear the options. Got a special surprise, Norton. Oh. There's. So for I'm, those of you who I'm, actually can't see us. Yeah, I'm receiving a small notepad and a pen. Right. So I didn't really know how this was going to go, and I wanted you to each have like an equal shot at uh-huh. the crown, mm-hmm. yeah. which we can assume will be made of post-it notes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if necessary, we have three rounds, but only if necessary. Okay. Whoa. Three rounds. I know. This is legit. This is crazy. Only if necessary, because I figured if we give you two options and you're both right, that's, that presents a little bit of a problem. Okay. Right. So, so you yeah. Ready? Uh, so Okay. Get meta really quickly. What happens if we just agree with each other on every one of them? The last one I I think I think the last one is going to be a little bit challenging. Is guaranteed we'll disagree on the last one? Not guaranteed. I just I think that it's Have you like unearthed some core piece of philosophy that Brandon and I would never agree on. No, okay. I should have. I was going to say because we're fairly. We're just, just going to hope that we don't get line. to that point. Well, you don't know what I say about you in private, though. Oh, fair enough. Maybe I'll find out. Maybe that'll yeah, be a fact. In our, in our one-on-one meetings, it's just yeah, yeah. I just get on a chaise lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing about Dan Norton. <laughs> it all started with Dan Norton. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's hope go. it doesn't go all three rounds. Okay. I'm going to need you guys to disagree early. Okay. Round one. All right. Is about procedurally generated games. Hey, I've played some of those. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. Released in 1979 and considered to be the first procedurally generated game, Rogue was made by a teenager in Houston, Texas, and spawned the roguelike genre of games. Okay. So every th- I think, I mean, Rogue is a procedurally generated game. Yeah, con- you, you're, you're helping him. You know that, right? By thinking through this out loud. Oh yeah. I had no unless, thoughts about this. Unless I too am also lying. I'm weaving a web, Brandon. Look out. That was good. <laughs> Number two. I'm yeah. fooled. Released in nineteen eighty four. Elite was originally designed to feature 282 trillion galaxies with 256 solar systems each. Prior to release, the game was cut because the publisher was afraid the size of the universe would cause disbelief in players. Oh, man, I don't know. That's uh... So what is the process here? Do I hand you a post-it note with my answer on it? Or... Yeah, you can vote. I mean, you could scream them at each other. You could. What are the post-it notes for, then? Well, I wanted to make sure you guys didn't cheat. Oh. Because if you weren't just going to scream it at each other oh, at the same time. Oh, I have time. to write it first and then scream it. 
and then if the scream is just like not the same yeah. as what I've written. Yeah. All right. I because <laughs> if one of you answered first, the other one I feel like could cheat. All so right. this is my guess. Uh, I. Oh wait. Yeah. Right. Did you write down I've your d- thing? I've written my thing. Yeah. But you just wrote the letter. You have to state yep. whether you say it's true or false. Why would I do that now? You're, you have to write it down. So if I say a thing oh, and you're okay, like, fine. oh, Dan Norton's thing made sense, All right, then you it. can't be like, yes, I meant A is X. We definitely we 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 should have prepared for this. No, we got we got this. <laughs> All we right, got here this. We go. All right. All right. I wrote that Rogue is false. I think seventy nine is too early for Rogue. I too drew the same conclusion. All right. Yeah, because that's for the same reasons. <laughs> you know, like Rogue is. Oh. I felt like that's like maybe PC Junior or something. I, I I thought it was too early. I could be wrong. All right. Oddly enough, you are both right, but you are also wrong. Oh, that's not the right thing to be wrong it's about. It's not the right thing to be wrong about. So number one was, that that is correct. That is the false one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different game. It was still in 1979. Um, it was still developed by a teenager in Houston, Texas, but it's not Rogue. It's, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Aclabath? World of Doom. Don't know that one. Uh, no, you can't see. Oh. oh, you got the other ones on there. Yeah. yeah. Big bonus points for picking another procedurally generated game to like yeah. put in the spot. That is some sneaky, sneaky business. Kind of flexing her yeah. knowledge of yeah. game dev. Yeah, that's good. All right, you ready right. for round two since you're both correct? At a flat tie. Yeah. All right. Category number two, mm-hmm. podcasting. I never heard a podcast before. <laughs> Number one. It's something degenerates do. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. First known as audio blogging, podcasting has roots back to 1980. However, the term podcasting wasn't derived until 2004 and was suggested by The Guardian journalist Ben Hammersley. Hammersley. His name is Steve Hammersley. <laughs> It's hammers well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. In 1995, the first system that enabled the selection, automatic download, and storage of serial episodic audio was launched by MP3 player manufacturer i2Go. The company was later called Transistor after a trademark dispute with Apple. And what year was that? That you said? I said it was 1995. All right. Sheesh. It's a tough one. Is Josh piping in? I don't know. I think that's just that outside. Just, that's just it loud. feels like it's through the headphones. Yeah. Okay. Well, All right. Well, should we? There. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Someone. someone I am. The I am. Uh, this one's a coin toss for me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I. I have. I don't. I don't know enough about the casting of pods i'm just a simple country designer (laughs) (laughs) he said on his podcast yeah i don't know enough about podcasting to answer this i mean the history of podcasting that's a pretty rarefied thing i don't know that anyone's like a scholar of that yeah Yeah. if i i am now well cat is now now i'm doubling down a is false because that worked for me last time I too have doubled yeah. down. <laughs> wait, wait! Before you go, cat, you want to split this one? Because <laughs> I've—I I mean, that way we know we have got a definitive right or wrong outcome. I'm happy to switch. Wait a minute. Wait, or why? you could switch. Why are we switching? Because if, if we do differently, then one of us will have lost this round. So then uh, yeah. there'll be a definitive winner or a loser. Whereas if we just choose the same thing every time, it'll just be tie town. Uh, tie town. There yeah. is a there is a tiebreaker question. 
Yeah, there's a third round. There's I a mean, third one round. of us could be wrong or right on that last one, and that would. You gotta okay. stay with the authenticity. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. then. Yeah, all right, we're going Can't with just A. Arbitrary. Right. A is false. So right. you both think A is false. Yes. Yeah. You are both wrong. Well, here we are. It's terrible. So um, most of the second one was right. It was actually September of 2000 instead of 1995. And mm. I2Go uh, was correct, but it was not in a trademark dispute with Apple. Um, that business closed after the dot-com crash, and a company called iPodder X was the first podcasting client, and they were sued by Apple. Oh, so they had an iPod. Audio blogging started when? In the 80s? Has roots back to the 80s. Does blogging have roots that far back? I I think, at least to me, it seems complicated to be like, what are the roots? Because I mean, wouldn't I would say radio? Writing. <laughs> Just papyrus. Right? That was yeah. the first blog. Right, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe there wasn't. I guess, yeah, I want to be like, what are the dimensions of podcasting that make it unique as a medium? Yeah. Because it's like, if it's people talking into microphones and recording it and sharing it, that's been going on. Well, for what, ma- what makes it unique is the delivery mechanism, which is baked right into the name, the iPod. Yeah. Uh, which no one ever uses anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at a tie. We're, we're both 1-0. and o. That's what I was saying. All right. <laughs> one of us could have pulled ahead on that last one. <laughs> this is your fault for not arbitrary. And then the final, now the final one. Yeah, if we tie again, then it's like, uh, then everyone's a winner. Which sounds great to me. Okay. All right. I want a part. I'm a millennial. I want a participation trophy. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. All right. So round three topic is Cat Shanahan. All right. Oh, fun. Yeah. All right. Number one. During a rebellious period in my 20s, I took up skateboarding. Over the course of one week, I acquired a staph infection in both of my legs and may or may not have broken my arm. What? Number two. I want that to be true. (laughs) (laughs) I I know what you mean, but I... It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, as a young professional in my mid-20s, I served as a faculty advisor for a student Habitat for Humanity trip to Belize. During the trip, we worked with their local chapter to make repairs to a school and put the finishing touches on a house for a family in need. So in one scenario, you skateboarded through like a poorly maintained hospital. (laughs) Yes. And And in the other scenario, you helped people. Yeah, I wanted like something... So like something that was rebellious and something that you know made me look like a good person. Okay. And then you guys can so figure out which one to actually. So we have to whether we think cat, This is, the question here is: Is cat a good person? Why? Why mm. is this? This is like such a a very deep episode. It is <laughs> for right. our season finale. Is it? Yeah, this is tough, cat. Well, still waters run deep. I've made my selection. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It never gets old. All right. I have made my selection. All right. Okay. What was your choice? What was your choice? I decided that B is false. Oh, we agreed. I agree A is true. (sighs) You're both right. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I have failed. You know why? This is my thinking, Mm -hmm. is that you're... You're such a nice person that A being true as as that is an example of the incorrigible bad thing you did as a youth. 
It's so mild. <laughs> one no. so be I one skateboarded on a sidewalk. <laughs> exactly. In front of an elderly person. Yeah. I was like yeah. I was like if it was if it would have been yeah, it wasn't dark enough. Oh. It's too believably Well uh, B yeah. was was mostly true. It wasn't Belize, uh, it wasn't Habitat for Humanity, it was um, Ecuador and the Student Optimist Club. For some reason I thought it sounded false because you said Belize. I was like, No, not Belize. They I went, don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't even know why, but well, I was just like, no. The reason I picked Belize is because the Student Optimist Club went to Belize the two years before they went to Ecuador. Oh. Wow. So it was feasible. See, that and I good. knew that. I knew that. That's I was right. Like, You're uh, like, what was that schedule for the Optimist Club the to go to Belize? Opt- yeah. Two years then off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so all we've right. done nothing to right. pick a winner of Active So do you like wear like big baggy skateboarding pants and get I like well, alien wear t-shirt and no that was See, that's, why you got, that's why you got injured chain wall and i would skateboard <laughs> to marching band because i taught marching band at the time i love it yeah <laughs> super cool all right yeah well on that note we're gonna skateboard our way out <laughs> of this podcast onto season three which will come at some point soon in the Indefinite future. Yeah. 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 We have not yet determined a date for that. It or, won't be long. I love yeah. we love doing these things. So yeah. It it will be drawn back. Right. The siren the siren song of Dan Norton's pre recorded wow will <laughs> lure us back in. Indeed. There it is, right? And it's oh. it's worth saying that if, if our if our readers have ideas and topics and guests that they would like us to cover, they can tweet to us and yeah. I will get that tweet and make it happen. Yeah. Well yeah, if that it's is a good worth idea. Saying. You're right. Yeah. yeah. If anyone wants to be on the podcast, just call Kat Shanahan at her cell phone, which is... <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Redacted. And Josh, we're done. We're done. Yeah. That's how we end it. All right, cool. Yeah, well, one more thing. If right. you do have some body vocabulary, plausibly body <laughs> vocabulary, send it in. Uh, send it to Kat so that Brandon and I don't get to see it. But, yeah. Yeah, because I think, I think that's, got, that's got promise. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Words that might be dirty but aren't. Yeah. All right. Love well, it. Well, we're gonna go. F- we're gonna go formulate on that for the next X number of months. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Thanks everybody for another great season. Thanks everyone so much. We will see you next time. And thanks, Cat. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for masterminding the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Filament Games podcast. If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning and what goes on inside our studio, subscribe today on iTunes or Stitcher.